Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available on your podcast platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 38 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is June 9th, 2021. Let's bring in my co-host, Say Hey Rob. Rob, how you doing today, man? I am doing – yeah, I've been better. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, it's not every day. You know, it, these are first-world problems, but it's not every day you get to rush home. The uh, Giants in the, in the middle of the day uh, cough up a uh, – one run lead in the ninth inning on a couple on a Texas leaguer and a 45 hopper through the hole. But up to that point, I was having a great day. I'm not going to lie. But now I'm here, you know, talking to you and about to talk to our guests here, you know, Jeff Young back again. Things are looking up once again. Positive, positivity, what we do. Hey, the Giants are 38 and 23. They still have the best record in baseball. Things could be a lot worse. So we'll, we'll take it. But, uh, yeah, 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 we are excited. We are rejoined today uh, by the first ever guest of the podcast who we had back on all the way in December, Jeff Young. Jeff is a site expert for the Giants at Fan Sighted and writes for Around the Foghorn. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at BaseballJeff1. That's the number one. Jeff, welcome back to the show. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, you know, I'll drink to the Giants being 38 and 23. Amen. Um, it's a shame I don't have a drink in my hand, but I'll drink to <laughs> it. Don't you worry. How's the, how's the season been treating you? You've been uh, pretty busy. I mean, like, obviously things are going a lot better than I think most of us would have imagined up to this point. So, uh, like, how's your overall feel, like, you know, with, with writing about them, covering them, like, with the Giants in general? Yeah, I mean, in terms of writing about them, it, it's kind of nice that there are so many um, – kind of roster modes it seems like every day there's like something new to write about so uh the Giants front office makes it very easy to to write for the Giants and I I know they don't do that intentionally but you know there's always something new to write about absolutely well let's let's go ahead and jump right into our questions we have with you um so with all the injuries the Giants have sustained lately uh should we expect a free agent signing or trade in the near future or is the front office trusting the depth they've already added and they're going to ride it out for now um I I don't think they're going to be reactive in the sense that they need to uh fill a need on the roster uh just because they've had some injuries I think they feel comfortable with the depth that they have knowing that guys like Tommy Listella and Evan Longoria and Alex Dickerson Logan Webb 
uh, Aaron Sanchez. All these guys are going to be back soon enough. Uh, John Brabia is another, uh, another arm that uh, he's going to be back. We'll probably see him within the next couple of weeks. Um, he's doing a rehab assignment. So I don't think they're going to make a reactive trade in the sense that they need to fill a hole for any short-term reason. But I think once the trade deadline gets a little closer, uh, they're probably going to look at ways, you know, to tinker with the roster. And I think they're probably going to look at the bullpen and, and probably the bench because that's that's typically what teams do when they're, you know, they're, they're uh, competing for a playoff spot, uh, especially if they don't have a pressing need like the Giants have. They'll look at ways to kind of – tinker around the margins uh so that that's kind of what i expect um that it probably won't be a position player it probably won't be a starter but it would be you know a <clears throat> rule player that you can slot in maybe a left-handed bat um but not somebody you would play on an everyday basis and then probably a bullpen armor too especially from the right side yeah i agree i agree with that i i really would like to add a bullpen piece someone even that's not like a stud but like someone that has proven experience that you can fit in maybe in the seventh or eighth inning that, um, you know, we can rely on. So that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably where they're going to look. Yeah, probably to steal one for one of the bottom feeders, you know, to do that. But that's, that's definitely a need. And teams are going to start selling here pretty soon. So, Jeff, uh, kind of staying with the topic on with the arms and uh, rehab assignments, what are the uh, realistic expectations for Tyler Beattie with the big club this season? Uh, yeah, Tyler Beatty, kind of like John Brabia is coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's in the midst of a rehab assignment. They have extended it, um, which I believe they could do either one or two times. Uh, they've extended it 10 days. Um, in, in terms of realistic expectations, I mean, he is coming back from a pretty significant arm injury. Um, and he is right-handed. And I think there's a role that could be mutually beneficial for him and the team. And uh, in, in 2021, I know he wants to start, but I think there might be a role for him in the bullpen if that's if if that's where kind of the need arises, and that's where it seems like that's where there's going to be a need. Um, so in terms of realistic expectations, I mean that first year after Tommy John surgery is always kind of kind of tough for pitchers because it's been said in the past that it's that you're kind of throwing with a new arm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know necessarily – I wouldn't know how to put expectations on him, but I think he's a guy who could definitely help out the team in 2021. Um, and I, I think there's there's definitely a role in the bullpen for him, um, especially with what we've seen from the right side. No doubt about that. I agree. I, I If he does get a shot, I'd like to see him out of the pen. It sounds like, from what I've heard at least too, you know, he is not having any setbacks, like big setbacks, and he's still able to yeah. – throw in this rehab uh but he's just he's, he's having a difficulty throwing strikes is what i hear so um that's something that i'm sure that they're gonna want to you know figure out before he ever gets a shot back up at the big club so yeah he does uh he does have an option remaining so there's no uh he actually might have two options remaining so there um when he's moved from the 60 day to the 40 man roster which is going to happen soon enough he he doesn't necessarily need to be added to his 26-man uh, roster right away. So he has time to uh, regain his command, and, and that's usually one of the last things to come uh, from what we've seen coming back from Tommy John surgery. Sure. Um, Jeff, you wrote an article for Around the Foghorn recently discussing Brandon Crawford, um, and obviously this was before uh, last night when he set the record, but um, and how he was going to pass Travis Jackson for the all-time starts at shortstop in franchise history. Uh, do you believe, although it's only been about 60 games uh, this season, 
Is this Crawford's best all-around work he's done so far in his career? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's had he's he's had obviously a very long and um, you know impressive career. He's you know a two-time World Series winner, a three-time All-Star, uh, or a two-time All-Star. Sorry, he's going to be a three-time All-Star. Um, you know, uh, next month, but um, uh, three-time Gold Glove. I, it it does feel like, especially with the bat. I mean, the, the glove has never been a question mark. Um, he's always had a good glove. Um, and this year, especially, I mean, we're seeing on, seeing it on display every night. Um, but the, the bat is really coming around and that's not what you would expect at 34 years old. Uh, and there's really nothing that I've seen from him that doesn't look unsustainable. I mean, he's just, uh, whatever the hitting coaches have done with him, he's just hammering the ball, uh, consistently. And he, he's doing it at the right angle. Uh, he's barreling up the ball frequently. Um, so I, I, I think this is part, I mean, it, it's his best season. I, I don't think it's going to be close when it's all said and done. Uh, the one caveat to that is, I, I, if we go back a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was 2018, and I, I wanted to look this up beforehand, but he was tearing up the ball in the first half, and then he had a really rough second half and kind of, um, you know, his numbers kind of regressed uh, to the mean. So there's still 100, there's still 100 games left in the season uh, for this to figure itself out. But it, it definitely looks like, especially at the plate, that this is his most impressive season yet. I agree. I agree. It's nice seeing him. I, and I was talking to Rob before he came on um, regarding Crawford. It's been nice because, you know, through the years, of course, like you said, he's always been known for his glove. We can rely on that. But, um, you know, he would go through spells uh, where you couldn't rely on him for anything at the plate. And he's like probably a top two or three guy right now for me that I get excited when he's coming up to the plate because he's going to get it done. And he's doing it on a consistent basis for the first time in his career. Um, in my opinion, at least, and the numbers are reflecting that. And he's hitting for power, and he's hitting in the middle of the lineup, and it's it's a joy to see for sure. Sure is. And you wouldn't expect it at 34 years old, but that's yeah. that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, we're we're not you know running to the bathroom when uh, Crawford comes up anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, he was one of those guys for me over the years. But no, I mean he looks like a completely different guy, and, and you got to give all, all all the credit to. Well, him and just the whole new, new approach, I think, with the entire team because, man, it's like night and day. It's like a new person. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, we uh, yeah, we hear so much now about the Giants' uh, farm system and how it's, you know, top, like, five, three in the league, league right now. And, you know, they've really, really done a great job in, in that department. But the one guy uh, we haven't heard a lot about this year is uh, Patrick Bailey. Can we get any kind of update on him? Yeah, he's uh, he's been playing with Eugene, which is the high A um, affiliate for the Giants this year. It's no longer San Jose. It's weird to say, but yeah, he's playing for um, Eugene, a high A affiliate. He's been uh, um, defensively, from what I've seen, I haven't watched a ton of him, but uh, from what I've seen defensively, he's shown off a really good arm. Uh, his game calling has 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 been good. Um, his his framing has been good. These are all things I've only seen just very small samples of. Um, offensively, he's, he is struggling a little bit at the plate. He's showing off good plate discipline. I think he's, his walk rate is north of 11%. His strikeout rate is about 28%, which is mildly surprising because when he was drafted out of college, he was known for having good bat the ball skills. And we, we really haven't seen that yet, but this could just be part of his development. Um, they're re, you know, they, it does look like they've reworked his swing a little bit. Um, compared to the videos that we saw of him in college, 
Um, so yeah, and just on a general note, uh, for for anxiety and, and his draft pick so far, I mean, this is the first full season for everyone from the 2019 draft and the 2020 draft. Uh, one thing that stands out is surprisingly, uh, many of the position players aren't hitting all that well um, in, in the levels that they're at. Will Wilson wasn't necessarily a draft pick. He's hitting well um, with Eugene. Um, he was he was obviously traded uh, to the Giants from the Angels in that Zach Kozar deal where they just took his contract off the books and uh, helped out the Angels and they they uh, threw on a, a top prospect in the process. But outside of Wilson, there there just haven't been that many guys from the 19 and 20 drafts who, who have hit that well. Armani Smith uh, is in San Jose, um, he's, which is the low A affiliate again. Um, and he's been hitting well. Uh, but there are some guys like Logan Wyatt struggling at the plate. Um, he's showing off really good plate discipline, but he's not really driving the ball. Uh, Tyler Fitzgerald has been uh, well. He's a shortstop with Eugene. Uh, I think he was the third or fourth round pick in 2019. Hunter Bishop has been on the shelf battling a shoulder injury, I believe. So he isn't, we haven't really seen a lot of him. Um, so I know that was more than, than what you were looking for, but uh, Patrick Bailey is, is struggling a little bit at the plate. Um, but this just, could just be part of the process and, and what the Giants are trying to do with them. It's a long road for those, those young catchers, man. It's, a, it's quite a jump, especially for him, you know, coming you know, right out of high school. I mean, this is his first, you know, real look at big league ball. And, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, take a little bit for him, for him to adjust. And, you know, it's like, like you said, all these young position players who, who have just, you know, finally arrived on, on the scene, you know, it's, a lot of hype, a lot of expectations for all of them. So, but you got you got to trust. You know, these guys will figure it out, and you know they'll figure out what to do what to do with them when, when the time comes. Yeah. Well, I think we the the funny thing is too is we knew like once once Bailey was drafted, like this dude defensively is is beyond his years. Um, yep. But I, I heard like a month ago, and I think I saw video. <laughs> Mercy video. I think he threw four dudes out trying to steal in one game. And I was yeah. just like, my God, like this guy, at least defensively, like he looks like he's heading in the right direction. I thought that was really impressive. You don't hear that at any level. Four guys no. in the game. You'd, uh, you'd think they just stop running after about two or like three. two, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, well, that was at, crazy. At some point, you know, you start taking it personal, you know, as a man. <laughs> exactly. He can't throw us out every time. Okay, yeah. maybe he can. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of averages. He's got, he's got to miss one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey Jeff, like I know it. my I know my first question was kind of similar to this, so I'll kind of change it up a little bit. Sure. Um, but I, we're fo- I'm more focused on the rotation here. Um, the Giants pieced together a rotation of one year deals in the off season. Although they've exceeded beyond expectations, should we expect Zaidi and Harris to bring in an arm before the trade deadline, or are they going to ride this wave and and wait it out until after the season? Because I mean, we've already seen Sanchez obviously go down. Webb's been on the I.O. I think two separate times now. Um, you know, Wood's starting to kind of fall off a little bit. There's just – now there's some shown instability in rotation. I mean, do you think anything's going to happen there? Yeah, and I mean, there was always going to be a risk uh, with the guys that they brought in. Uh, each one had uh, pretty extensive uh, injury history. Aaron Sanchez missed all of 2020, recovering from a shoulder injury. Alex Wood only pitched in about 12 innings in 2020. Uh, Di Scafani was injured. So there was a fair amount of uh, injury risk with the people that they brought in. Um, with that being said, I, I think, I mean, it just seems like they've gotten good enough pr- uh, production 
from their pitchers, and it just feels like they're not really overperforming expectations, except for maybe – I don't know if Gosman's overperforming expectations. This might be who he is at this point. Um, I hope so. Sure, I mean, it sure looks like it. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect uh, any big starters. Um, the guy that the Giants face today, Kyle Gibson, he, he's under contract for another season. He would be a uh, good name to uh, go out and get, but I, I just don't know if the Giants want to – go on and, and um, you know, give up the the prospect capital to be able to get a guy like that. Scherzer is going to be on the trade market. I'm sure people are going to, you know, try to connect him to the Giants, and I, I just don't really see it. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be mostly bullpen arms that they'll target. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they have, you know, realistically on their 40-man roster, they have six or seven or eight guys who can start for them um, you know, especially if you count Sam Long, who looked, you know, really impressive today. Really good. Uh, Logan Webb and Aaron Sanchez are going to come back hopefully soon enough. Uh, Sanchez sounds closer than Webb. Uh, Connor Menez was a starter coming up in the minors. Uh, Caleb Berger was a starter coming up in the minors. He's He, he just began his rehab assignment uh, yesterday. Uh, so I, I think they feel comfortable with the starting pitching depth. Have, so I, I wouldn't expect – uh, any major kind of upgrades in that area. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So kind of going, going to the bullpen here and you know, I, I feel like you know, when you're in a rebuild, you, you know, and you're kind of overachieving the, the way the giants are right now and you become a buyer. So, so to speak at, at the deadline, it's a little easier to, you know, move middle of the road prospects for bullpen arms. Bullpen arms you can usually get from bottom feeders on the, on, on the team. So with, with, with that being said, you know, what are your thoughts on the on what the team will ultimately do about the closing situation? Or is Tyler Rogers the long-term answer, at least for this year? Yeah, I, I mean, um, kind of on that first note, the, the price for bullpen arms around the trade deadline hasn't been too substantial um, in, in recent seasons, um, unless they have controllability beyond this season. But if it's a guy who's going to be a free agent, I, I wouldn't expect, you know, anyone – like huge to be traded uh, from the Giants. I think it would be somebody outside of the top 30 prospects, uh, to be honest, um, just because prospects – or not prospects, but bullpen arms uh, around the trade deadline, they, they have value, but there, there are so many to um, choose from that there's – I just feel like the, um, the cost for it is, is going to go down as a result. Uh, to answer your, your next question, I mean, we saw it today with Tyler Rogers. You know, he's very much a pitch-to-contact uh, pitcher, and he, he induces a lot of ground balls, and that's great. Um, but, you know, in the past week or so, we've seen some kind of the, the BABIP gods, the, the batting average on balls in play uh, gods have, you know, uh, been a little rougher with him. Um, he nearly blew a save, I think it was on Saturday, and uh, I don't think he blew a save today, but – uh, he did. He did blow a save. He gave up that run in, in the ninth inning, um, and that's it, it. It can work, but sometimes you just need a guy who can get a strikeout. And I think they'll probably eventually want to target somebody who who can strike out batters at a little more at, at a higher frequency, and use Rogers in more of kind of a situational role. Because sometimes you know getting the ninth inning sometimes isn't the most important inning. I mean, it could be the seventh inning when you need a ground ball to record a double play and that might be a perfect role for Tyler Rogers, but he's also proven that he can, he can be a pretty, pretty decent closer if uh, called a bomb. And uh, Jake McGee's also 
kind of rebounded nicely after after kind of hitting a, a speed bump earlier this season. Um, so I, I think they'll, you know, I think they'll want to try to um, acquire a closer type. Um, I, I just I, – I, we don't really know who it's going to be at this point, right? I mean, we, I, like pretty much we, we know who's going to sell, but we don't know who's going to be kind of available. Um, so, yeah, I, I would expect a trade uh, for some closer type. I 100% agree with you. I, I feel like your closer should be able to blow it by somebody or have something in their arsenal to put you away. And you can't – you just can't trust – pitch to contact stuff right now and Tyler Rogers is the epitome of that I mean you can't have your closer coming in you know topping out at 83 miles an hour and and that's why like I I you know some situations it works out for them I'm not a Jake McGee guy in the ninth inning either because he's a pretty much a one pitch guy um, that struggles to hit corners um, and leaves you know 94 95 mile an hour fastballs over the plate which you know in today's baseball it's just a little bit harder than batting practice. So, I mean, you know, yeah. like that scares me in the ninth inning. I want someone that can come strike you out. Yeah, and kind of on that same note, I mean, with, with Tyler Rogers, it can work for him to be a closer. I mean, it, we've seen it in the past with a guy like Brad Ziegler, and they were, you know, they have a very similar arm angle. They're, they're similar in a lot of ways, you know. Um, so it can work, um, and maybe it's just bad luck that he's – that he blew a save today. He nearly blew a save a couple days ago. Um, but yeah, he, he's been really effective. The Say Hey podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns and Foster. Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money like we are right now just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. Yep. Oh, my question. I just backed out of my questions here. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> um, my next question was uh, Joey Bart has been playing well for AAA Sacramento. I think he's hitting around 350. His OBP is over 400. He's hitting the ball, the ballpark, um, and to the opposite field, which is really impressive. Um, yeah. When should we expect him to be called up to the big club? Um, I would expect that he probably spends most – of the season in AAA, if not the entire season. I think one of the reasons why Chadwick Trump is on the 40-man roster right now is to kind of pr- protect the Joey Bart from, you know, having to, you know, be promoted before he's ready. I, I think um, because if you look at the 40-man roster right now, they have four catchers on there, and that's kind of a weird number to have for catchers on a 40-man roster. Usually it's no more than three. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joey Bart's doing a lot of good things right now. Um, I, I've only seen small samples of him defensively. Uh, offensively, he's, you know, there's still, he's hitting the ball well in AAA, which is a very offensively friendly environment. There are a couple of caveats to that. Um, and, you know, it, it bears mentioning that his strikeout rate, I think it's, it's around 28, 29%. And I think that's just always going to be part of his game. That he's going to be a guy that offer that, that strikes out quite a bit. Um, you know, with that being said, he's, he should be able to provide plenty of power. Um, I know that his ground ball rate in AAA is still pretty high. Um, and that was a problem from what we saw in 2020 and, uh, you know, kind of on, on the note about him being able to go to opposite field. I mean, that, that's never been really a question with, with Joey Bart. I mean, he's a big guy. He stands up there. He's got a, he's got a quick bat long swing. Um, I haven't seen him necessarily drive the ball. Uh, regularly to left field and you know this is just me I would like to see him drive the ball to left field a little more um, I know he can go to right field well but the the uh, pitchers last year they they tried to challenge him on the inside corner and um, it just proved to be too tough of a challenge and and you know another caveat that needs to be mentioned is he had like 85 player appearances above single A when he was promoted last year so it's fair to say he wasn't necessarily ready and that this time in Triple A is really good development time for him. So I, I wouldn't expect him uh, to get an extended look in 2021. But, you know, things could change. He's performing well. Um, defensively, from what I've seen, he, he looks fine. Um, but, you know, we need to see him catch guys like Johnny Cueto. Um, so that, that's kind of that's, that, that's my, my thoughts on that. I agree with you. I I don't think there's a rush. Trust me. I, I'm glad he is performing um, in yeah. Sacramento. I think it's important, especially in, and Rob and I agree on this. I think it was inevitable. And um, I, I don't think it was the end of the world that he got called up last year. I think everybody was handcuffed in that situation, but sure. um, another caveat, like you're saying is I don't think anybody expected Buster Posey to be this productive this season. Um, and so there's no real rush, especially like if you said, you know, Casale's, done nothing with the bat and now he's hurt. Um, but it looks like Trump in his two games has been actually very productive uh, for the giants yep. and he could be a suitable backup. So I just don't think there's a real rush, you know, get those plate appearances in AAA and then like really focus unless there's an injury or something really focus on making the club out of camp next year. That's, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Assuming this team ever gets fully healthy, it probably won't happen, but let's, <laughs> For the sake of, you know, conversation, let's say it does. It, is Donovan Solano the odd man out when Tommy Ostella returns from the IL? Um, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know if he's necessarily the odd man out because he is – you know, they, they still like his versatility. They like his bat-to-ball skills. Um, but he is somebody who stands loose in playing time. Um, he, he's just not really uh, – as productive as he has been over the past couple of seasons. Uh, now he, he did sustain an injury earlier in the year, um, but he is somebody who, who probably stands to lose some playing time, but the giants, you know, they, they, uh, they've shown that they don't really want to give up on depth if they don't need to. So um, the, the, you know, good news is I, I think the, the roster is never going to be fully healthy at any one point that they'll have to make a tough decision. Right. Like that. Um, maybe if it was, they might have to, but I still think they see him as a, as a good role player on this team. Yeah. The only reason, like I, 
I'm thinking about that is because kind of with the emergence of, you know, Steven Duggar playing such a good center field and who knows how long that'll last. But, you know, it looks like they're making a solid effort now to utilize Dubon in the infield like he, like they originally intended to. So I'm thinking, if, you know, if, if Dubon's, you know, getting, getting re- reps in the infield and Lestello comes back and, say, Longoria and Crawford's, you know, stay healthy, like what do you, what do, you do with, with Solano? But – like you said, yeah, that that's team probably will never get healthy, so it probably will never become a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's it's a hard time believing that everybody can stay healthy at the same time. So I mean, it's, sure. it's the next guy up, you know, next guy up, and it we've is. seen that. So. And kind of on that note, I think um, when you look at some of the teams that they've played, I mean, it's the depth that's really it, that's really carrying them. I mean, there are some there are some series where it's like. You know, the Cubs, I mean, for instance, I think the Cubs lineup is probably, you know, on paper, probably a better – it has, you know, more higher-end talents than the oh, Giants yeah. lineup. But, you know, it's – you have guys like Mike Talkman and Lamont Wade Jr. just grinding out at bat after at bat at the bottom of the lineup and the top of the lineup. And I, that, that depth is really, really helping them out. I mean, I don't think there's really any other team – in the National League, except for maybe the the Dodgers that has more – I mean, the Dodgers have more depth. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's another team outside of them that has more depth than the Giants pretty much at every position, and they're proving that that they can still win games, even though that Longoria is hurt and that, um, you know, Brandon Belt is hurt for a little bit and Alex Dickerson's hurt and Don, Donovan Solano and Flores and Lestella have missed time. Definitely, definitely. Uh yeah, something I was curious about because this this just happened and you haven't, or at least I haven't heard any uh, follow up to it. But I want to get your thoughts on the uh, Bruce Maxwell signing. You know, I, I know I know the Giants would would call up Joey Bard to you know be a reserve on this team, but is the organization kind of looking to replace Kirk Casale at at some point this year? Uh, even like he's he's hurt too right now. Uh, from what I heard and read, I think there's, I'm blanking on the name, but I thought there was a catcher on the double A roster that they, that went to the Olympic qualifiers and that Bruce Maxwell is likely going to be sent to double A to kind of serve as depth and as a backup option there. Um, that, that's kind of how I saw it. Uh, I know he wasn't performing with the Mets really, um, when they traded for him, uh, I, I, I'm not sure entirely what league he was in, but I, I think he was batting and, you know, he had like a 100 batting average and all that. Um, so it's been a tough year for him. Um, but I, I think he's just there to kind of be a stopgap in a way, um, in double A. And, you know, Far Anxiety has said this in the past that no move is too small. And I, I think there's value in, you know, building up the minor league rosters that so that you know, that they're competitive because double A in particular in recent years has been kind of a rough, um, rough roster because it, it just, it, they, they haven't received nearly enough talents and, and um, you know, you, you see it in the record and the play and everything. And I think there's value in just uh, making a competitive roster at every level. And I think Zaidi has done that. So it could just be that no move is too small. Um, I don't know if they're positioning themselves in any way to replace Casale tomorrow. Um, and from what we've seen, the pitchers like to run the Casale. And, and that's, you know, honestly, probably more important than his offensive production, especially when the Giants have the best offense in, in the National League right now. I mean, um, 
It, it, well, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, I think they're leading the league in home runs. I think uh, if you look at OPS plus as of this morning, they had the the top mark. It was 110 uh, before today's game, and that means that they're they're hitting 10% better than league average, and no other team in the National League has has that high of a mark. So I think they're okay with uh, Casale not necessarily producing on offense, given that he provides some value to uh, to, to the pitchers on defense that may not necessarily be measurable. Um, I know when he was with the Reds, they, the, the pitchers love throwing them too. So he must be doing something that isn't that we're not seeing that um, – that that gives him value and that makes the pitchers better. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I've kind of been vocal about that too. I think Casali kind of provides that, um, you know, that value that you don't really see or appreciate kind of just like Mike Talkman. And I've been very vocal about that. How, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hit the lights out of the ball. I mean, I know he, he had that big grand slam last night, but the way he grinds out at bats works counts. Um, I mean, he's got, he's usually seeing over 20 pitches a night by himself, um, even even in the nine hole. So uh, he's a big value, just like, you know, like Talkman, Casali is with the uh, rotation in the bullpen. He's been very good defensively. So, and yeah, like, there, like you just said, guys, like pitching them. Yeah, there, there's definitely value in being able to grind out at bats. I mean, we've seen it where just like guys who typically go six or six plus innings and then they face the Giants and they only go four innings because every batter has seen five or six or seven pitches and their, yep. their pitch counts at 80, 80 plus by the fourth inning. It's like, what's going on? But um, yep. th- there's value in a guy like Talkman who can, uh, he still gets on base at a pretty decent rate. I think his on base percentage is still over 300. I, I think it's around 320. Uh, his batting mm-hmm. average obviously is in the high 100s, which isn't, isn't going to cut it. He's not aiming for power, but you know, the Giants can be patient with him because, because they, they're, they're playing well right now. Totally agree. Um, Jeff, last question, and it's loaded. <laughs> Are the Giants legitimate contenders in the NL this season? Yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, when the season began, and I think when we talked, um, I forgot if we talked about this, but I always felt like that they were uh, at the very least fringe contenders with what they had. Um, I thought they were maybe in that, you know, there's 15 teams in the National League. Five go to the playoffs. Two of them are wild card teams. I always thought that they were kind of in that six to nine range, uh, or six to ten range. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're performing way better than that. And the National League looks like it's a little more watered down this year than it has been um, in recent years. I mean, you look at every other division, uh, the 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 NL Central. I mean, the the, the cut. The, I think there's only going to be one playoff team from that league or from that division. Uh, the Brewers have all the pitching, but they can't really hit. The Cubs have, you know, they can hit, but their their pitching is suspect. Their bullpen is good, so if they have a lead, they can um, late in the game, they should be able to hold it. And the Cardinals, I mean, they've had some pitching issues as well. Uh, they can definitely hit with uh, Nolan Arenado proving that he doesn't need to be in Coors Field to be able to hit. Um, and I think any Giants fan knows that uh, <laughs> with with how he's kind of abused them over the years. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, Paul Goldschmidt's always kind of a slow starter. Um, but then you look at the NL East and it's like, you know, the Nationals, they, they kind of remind me of the 2017 Giants where they were competitive and then just everything fell off uh, one season. And I think that's kind of where they're at. And they're probably looking, they're not, they're not going to sell, 
um, because I don't think that's what the Nationals do, not like the Giants didn't do in 2017. Um, but you look at the other teams. I mean, the the Phillies, they have their own flaws as well. and They had a terrible bullpen in 2020. Um, and, I, I mean, I, I know they have, they're top-heavy in the rotation. They have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. And if you go to the playoffs, you know, those are two pitchers that can really carry you through. Uh, but you have to get there first. Um, and then there's the Mets. And the Mets are kind of like the, the Brewers in a way. And that they're not really hitting that well. Uh, but they have a ton of pitching. I mean, obviously, obviously with uh, Jacob DeGrom, who's, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, and then I think I'm missing a team in the East. Um, the Marlins. Oh, the Braves. They, they have – Oh, they and hit, but they, you know, they, uh, Mike Soroka was supposed to be one of their key uh, arms this year, but he's injured. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think the Giants, they, they look legit. They look like – you know, at the very least, they're going to be uh, – they should be in the running for a wild-card spot. They, they're they playing – you know, they, they lead the NL West right now. There's 100 games left in the season. Uh, but they look legit right now. Um, they're, they're playing good baseball. And nothing about it just seems surprising. I don't know if you guys got that feeling, but just with the way they're performing, it's like, well, you know, Duggar might be overperforming uh, right now. But – I think this is this is who Posey is. I think this is who Longoria is. I think this is who Crawford is. This might be who Gosman is. And and you start looking at these at at their performances, and it just it feels very kind of sustainable. Um, so that that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. I mean, they they do look like uh, at the very least they'll be uh, in the running for a wild card, and maybe even better. And and you know you want to win you want to win the division because that wild card is only a one game plan. Exactly. I agree, and I, I think that, um, you know, obviously the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're going to be there at the end of the year, and I, I, I still do. I think in the long run, you know, after 162, it's still their division to lose. Um, yeah. But the, what, the, what sets me, you know, before the season, I would have not said this, but now that, you know, we're 60, 61 games in the season, we have a pretty good sample size. The thing that sets apart the Giants and the Padres – to me is the depth and that's why I do think the Giants ultimately will finish ahead of the Padres because we've seen what the Giants have done with you know they're probably leading the league in injuries and IL visits and they are again best record in baseball right now they're there you know two and a half game lead in the NLS when the Padres had all those dudes out for you know a week week and a half they struggled and um, you know they don't have that depth because they traded it all away, but they also, you know, they're, I don't trust their bullpen at all either. You know, outside of like Melanson and, you know, Pomeranz, that bullpen, like they're going to have to go make some more trades to add depth to that bullpen. So I do. I, I like the Giants ahead of the uh, the Padres in the long run, but of course this is still the Dodgers division. Yeah. Like it or, yeah. Like it or not. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Thank you for coming on again, man. We we appreciate you coming on, and um, you're just a great guest, and we love we love talking baseball with you. So, thanks for coming on, my man. Yeah, thanks for for having me again. It's it's great to talk baseball with you guys. Um, I appreciate it, and you know, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. And you guys are you know, uh, you know, uh, healthy in this uh, hopefully post COVID world that we're in. So <laughs> yeah. you know, hopefully we'll talk again soon enough. You the man, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, and uh, go Giants. Yeah, go Giants. Giants. Yes. Yeah.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.